1907. However, the legislature only approved 5.3 billion. Pendleton School Board Member Dave Becky. I think、uh, we have cut prudently.、Uh, probably have done as good a job as any district in the state in managing the scarce resources. And I think we just, as a board,、uh, when presented with this offer, thought. It was a, a good way to send a message to the state legislature that something needs to be done for a, a long-term cure、uh, for financing public schools, and if nothing else, it will draw public attention. Similar lawsuits have been filed in 38 other states. 21 were successful in court. For Free Speech Radio News, I'm Kirsten Flag. You've been listening to Free Speech Radio News. I'm Aaron Clam, sitting in for Aldo Bogado. Clothes in the parking lot. Seriously. Sorry, must have dropped them. Dan, you can't take your clothes off until we're in the studio. Yeah, we do the show semi-live and semi-nude, not the parking lot. See, I just like to think of Wednesday as naked day. Me too. I have a hard time putting clothes on at all. Actually, naked time is only from six to seven, not all day. At least wear a feather boa the rest of the time, Dan. Speaking of six to seven, it's almost time. Crud, we have to hurry. See, I am ready to go, and you fools have to strip still. Well, I'm wearing my easy release stripper clothes. Ta-da! All right, y'all, let's start the show. It's six o'clock on Wednesday. Time for closets are for clothes on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. The next hour is going to be bursting with news, reviews, and interviews for the TBLG community, our friends, families, and allies. And we are your hosts, the Cool Kids: Dan, Meredith, Christy, and Greg. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. And oh, here, yeah, are we, are we on? Okay, we are, there we go. Now we're here. <laughs> we're live and semi-nude. I think it's first of all, yay us on our new intro, <laughs> our new legal ID. That's awesome. That's right.、Um, but I think it's hilarious that we finally got one with all four of us on it, and there are only two of us <laughs> sitting here. <laughs> Which I think、exactly. is really funny. It's Dan,、yes. and Christy, and it's Wednesday,、um, March twenty. Second, yeah, twenty third, and I spit on myself when I said that. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm just trying to get used to the happy equinox. By the way, is、Thank、it equinox?、You. Yes. Yeah. Happy yeah. equinox, and、um, just trying to get used to、um, the the spring weather we're having. I've been so cold the last few days. It's <laughs>、yes. un- I've been colder the last. I don't know. There's something about it already being spring, and it's still this cold. Yes. It makes it feel colder. Yes. Hello. I mean, it, I was looking at the temperature, and it's like earlier today, and it was like 32, and I still was like, I'm so cold. I feel like I it's、know. like nine degrees, and so it's been、um, been kind of interesting. But、yeah. yes, holy moly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how have your how's your week been? How was your birthday? My birthday was great. We played some Texas Hold'em. Dun dun dun. For not real money, because my partner's a party pooper, <laughs> and she thought it was obnoxious to try and to actually play for real money. And I told her, okay, the first time we have people over for poker, I'll follow that rule. But after that, <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, were you expecting like dollar bills, change? No, change. Okay, gotcha. I wasn't talking no high stake Texas Hold'em or anything. Fifty dollar bills. Like, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of a lot of fun. But Friday night at the end, towards the end of my birthday party, well, birthday celebration, it wasn't really a party. I started having laryngitis. Excuse me. Oh no! And it's still here. If you can't tell,、uh, just a, a little, little bit, bit. Yes. Um. So I'll be clearing my throat a lot. It's it comes and it goes. Okay. At this point. <clears throat> Sorry, like、see? that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. But there for a few days, I had a hard time talking at all. Oh wow. And I was just kept saying over and over again on Wednesday, you better work. <laughs> you can. I can have a faulty voice. Right. Any other time, but on Wednesday, my voice needs to be 
prepared. That's right. So I think it's okay. Okay. I've been doing a lot of cough drops today, trying uh, to lubricate my throat, as it go. were. Yes. Um. Don't yes. say anything dirty. I'm not. I'm. I'm just thinking it. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's good. It's really good. You know, I've been. Um. We've have all this. Also, having had all this work done in our house right okay. now, and. It feels like getting this bathroom finished. The bathroom oh, that had right. the dwindles. The dwindles, yes. It's now less dwindly, but still not quite there. Uh-oh. Um, we had our shower faucet replaced. Okay. And the shower head. Um, of course, when you shower, replace a shower faucet, it comes with a shower head. Okay. And we didn't want to change that. We only we, we like our handheld yes. multiple different spray option right. cool things. Uh-huh. Like, I really find that I have a harder... I don't feel as clean if I can't pull the handheld thing down uh-huh. and rinse myself off with you you know, jet force water. <laughs> yes, exactly. So anyway, that's not there. Oh, no. Because the person who's doing this work for us, we weren't home when they were doing it, and so he just thought we wanted it all replaced. Oh. And there's some weird glitch now that only half of the water is funneled up to... The shower head. So you're not getting the full blast. So not, not only is it not oh my my, my handheld thing that has jet propulsion in it, uh-huh. but it literally is half as powerful as it would be oh, even normally. No. So it's like trying to take a shower in a sprinkle. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, no. going outside when it's sprinkling. And oh. But I will say, I went for three weeks without being able to shower at my house. Okay. So at least now I can shower at my house. There you go. What were you doing before? Just like ba- bath? Going and stuff? to the gym. No, we had no water in our bathroom at all. We well, we had the toilet, but we didn't. <clears throat> we didn't have any faucet. Oh no! So the water was cut off, and it. Took, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, so we I didn't quite understand that last time. Oh for my For three gosh. weeks. Showering wow. at the gym. Wow. So I'm glad those days are over, yes. but I sure would like it if. Um, and let me tell you, the gym showers, I have a lot of complaints. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I could go for days about this. First of all, why don't we have shower curtains? What oh, you guys it? don't have shower curtains? No. There are shower wow. curtains in the men's room? No, but I'm just oh. like... <laughs> I was about to get bitter. So, but seriously, why can't we have some privacy? It never has made sense to me. Oh, okay. They, I mean, somebody was like, well, maybe they'd have to be replaced too often. They'd get mildewy. They'd get torn. Oh, yeah. I was that like, might you know be what? A- I don't care. Oh, okay. They can replace them once a month or whatever. I, You know, I have a shower curtain that I bought. It's hotel grade, and it's lasted for like three years, the liner. Like, that's all they need to put up there. Right, right. You know, it doesn't have... I'm not looking for seagulls or something fancy. <laughs> well, Fish yeah, or whatever. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. I, know, I don't care. And they the like the temperature regulation of the water is crazy. Yes. It's either freezing cold or roasting hot. Yes. There's no, even if like it's roasting hot and you dial it down a little bit, uh-huh. it goes automatically to freezing cold. Right. Right. There's no tepid. Mm-mm. There's no almost hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm a hot shower taker. I yes. will take a very hot shower. Yes. But it's it got a little unbearable there. But I was loath to complain about it being too hot, right? Right. Because prior to it being too hot, nobody could get it to be cold. Or to or get it to, it to be, be hot. hot, right? It was freezing all yep. the time. Yeah. And I really learned the ins and outs of those showers, showering there for three weeks. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I bet That's you did. That's being my only place to shower. That's right. Not just like, excuse me, rinsing off after the pool or something. I was actually trying to clean myself. I was wondering why you were looking more buff. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad to have my bathroom back. I just wish it was all the way back. Yes. You know, yes. it still seems like it's dwindling. Like, it's dwindling in reverse. Like, it's getting halfway right. before it's going to go all the way. Um, so the person who's doing this work, he knows about the issues and he's taking care of it. But, you know, he's doing this in his spare time. He's got a full-time oh, job and a family. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. So, like, we have to sort of work around his schedule, which is fine. Right. Because we're experiencing a difference in price because of that. Gotcha. Okay. But it's still like, okay. Oh, Come on. Yes. You really have something else to do right now. Yeah. <laughs> really? Can I just at least have full blast water? Just full blast water, <laughs> exactly. please. Yes. 
come on. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been fun. So is it, the, the, is it just not turned on all the way? Or? No, it turns on. You turn it all the way around. And no, I meant the main... I don't know oh, what the deal is. There's okay. something... I th- I don't know what it... I don't know a lot about okay. plumbing. But, you know, you turn the spigot on all the way, the, the okay. diverter, the okay. shower diverter, and it really doesn't feel like it turns a full on oh, um, before it stops. Okay. So I think maybe it's threaded too short or okay. something like that. Or it could be that the diverter just isn't strong enough. There you go. You know, it's yep. just not. Yep. So we'll find out. He did say, yeah, there's definitely something wrong. We'll try and figure that out. Okay. And fix it. Homeownership. Fun, fun. The Get the handheld thing back on there. Yes. I was like, you don't seem to understand. That's really, really important. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, we sp- we also paid a lot of money for that. It's not something we would just take off and throw out. Well, but sometimes if you remodel, some people right. think, you they, know. They would redo that. Right. Yeah. Right. But but I don't know anybody that goes from the handheld to the stationary I, one. I, no, I haven't either. Yeah. I mean, I may, somebody might go in the other direction for sure. The stationary to the handheld right, thing. Right, right. But I've never known anybody to go mm-hmm. handheld to I only, The only time I think I've heard of it happening, but they had a spare bathroom, so I'm wondering, is when they when they put in the multiple heads, um, yeah. and there was like the rain effect or whatever, so it was a right, large, right. Uh, the large faucet head, so it had a lot like a rain type of feel to it. Right. So, and that would be different. But that they had a second be, bathroom, so right. I'm wondering if they still stayed with the yeah, other... It might have been a relaxation thing, right. like a... Not a get clean shower, but a chill yes, out shower. Exactly. Right. So what's good going workout. on with you? How was your week? Well, I'm doing okay. I, I have a a joke that uh, at work people are telling me is a gender. It's it's a, it's kind of a gender joke that you need to kind of. Um, it, it, it's very gender specific and that meaning you have to be of a certain gender to get to it? get it right away. Okay. Yes, exactly. So I was going to practice with you and Alex. And, okay. Oh, but Alex, Alex is on the phone. He's so. on the phone. Of course he's on the phone. So, no, um, he's not. Oh, oh, okay. he's not on the phone. Okay. I thought he was trying to call for us. So I was wanting to practice this with Alex and see if he, if he listens in and see if, um, um, if uh, to see who gets it first, because I've been told that a particular gender will get this joke before another person. So, and of course, it's not a very clean joke. But anyway, it's woo. It's one of those. See, that's what you get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your microphone has the dwindles. So right, yeah, exactly. So, so this elderly couple, they're going to their worship service, and they're sitting in the very front pews or whatever. Have you heard this? I oh. have, but oh, I okay. But go ahead. Okay, so they they're sitting in the in the first few pews and. And, um, um, and so, and she leans over to her husband and goes, um, honey, I just let out a very, a silent fart. I don't know what to do. Um, and he turns to her and says, you need to change the batteries of your hearing aid. I think that joke's hilarious. See, now, okay, <laughs> so Alex got it right away, and so now when you first heard it. Yeah, I got it right away. Right away? away? Okay, yeah. so it must be the people I work with, because they were sitting there and says, Wait. Hold on, don't tell me the punchline. And they're thinking and thinking and thinking, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I told the next person next to them, like the, the, the cubicle next and door. And these were women, right? Right. Not getting it. Not getting it. So then I told this other one who I thought was very astute of, you know, like, she's pretty sharp. She gets things pretty quickly. I tell her, and she has a little bit of a delay, and then and then and starts laughing. And they all agreed that it must be a male joke, that men must be, you know, that they love these fart jokes or these bodily noises jokes. I love fart jokes. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love fart jokes, too. See, and so I thought, I thought it was like, it's not I'm a gender thing. I'm not your thing. average woman, though. Well, that's true. You're, I mean, you're, I, you're quite superior. Yeah. <laughs> I'm above average. That's right. No, I... I wonder about these women. Are they very prim women? Are they not oh, ones to really talk about farting? That's or probably talk true. About burping or whatever. I mean, that may be why it doesn't come automatically to mind. Yeah, but I thought um, like, well, but least... I think all farts are hilarious. Right? Hello. And so I'm willing to. I'm like think about them a lot because I think they're funny. Right? Exactly. So you know. So I thought. So, yeah, so everybody, but just because it was at a work situation, the people Might were like, been. you know. Yeah, I didn't ever talk about farts too much at a job. Yeah, true, but. true, exactly. So, but it was one of those, like, okay, lighten up, because it's getting pretty heavy nowadays. It's toward the end of the semester, right. toward the end of the, 
a year, and so people are like getting kind of stressed out. So I start bringing out all my jokes, and it was just I one do, of those. I commend you on bringing that one out. That's a good one. It's a very so, good one. So yeah, so it was a kind of an interesting. So I was like, wow, am I really that far off? And I think maybe most men. And more laid-back women get that joke. Ah, like more okay. women who aren't all concerned about, you know. Yes. Well, see, I thought one would get it because thing. when she said it was it must be a male <laughs> thing, is because she has two boys and a husband. So I figured she's around guys all the time. Right. She would you know, understand. She would understand it, and then the you know the other one has a son and and just a newborn uh, baby girl, and I thought, well, maybe she might get it, but maybe just maybe. But probably not because of the, uh, so yes. And then, um, so I, you've, we've talked about this on the air before and I think maybe I'm just being full of myself right now, but, That's okay, Dan. <laughs> but, um, um, so as I'm out and about, I'm actually running into people that are recognizing my voice. Isn't that weird? It's like this phase. Suddenly, people are like recognizing my voice, and so you know, I can't say hello to these people because I really didn't get their names. But, um, but it was just, it was kind of fun to be, um, uh, just to be in a very different setting, a very different scenario, and then suddenly they're like, "Do you do a show on WCBN on Wednesday nights?" And I'm like, yes, like this or whatever. And they're like, I thought I recognized your voice. And it was just, and then we go on this whole thing about the show and everything. So, but it was like, it was very, it's very interesting. Like for a while there. And by the way, Christy, I need to let you know, cause you might be recognized on the street. We used to do a television version of Clouds yes. and Something Close. They're replaying that. Are I'm, they really? I've seen, yeah. Some people have said, I know you from... I've seen you on TV. Yeah. I've totally gotten that. Not recently, but boy, when we used to do the show, yeah. I yes. would get it all the time and I'd be like, I can't believe people watch that. Yeah. I didn't I mean, think so I either. I support community television. Totally. And I think it's a great thing. Um, but I would have never guessed that many people watched it. Right. And just randomly watched it. Didn't watch it because they knew someone they know was going to yeah. be on there or something like yeah. that. They just watched yes. it to watch it. Right. Like, I watch VH1. Right. Like, <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, oh. do we want to take a quick break? Let's and take then, a quick break. Okay. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Rebecca Warren from Mayroll. <laughs> You are back with us on Closets Are For Clothes. Lucky you. Yeah, you're so lucky hanging out with all of us cool kids. Um, And joining us on the telephone is Rebecca Warren, who's the executive director of Mayoral Pro-Choice Michigan, um, which is the Michigan sort of subsidiary of Nayroll. Um, And we're going to talk to Rebecca. Are you there? Oh, Oh, no. We lost Rebecca. (laughs) We're going to have to try and get Rebecca back on the phone. So what now, Rebecca? What, now, what is Mayroll, or what, or what? Well, Mayroll used to stand for the National Abortion Rights Action League, okay, or something like that. Right. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but it's now just Mayroll. They don't have the oh the thing okay. anymore. And what it is is it's a, an advocacy. It's Mayroll Pro Choice America. It's an advocacy um, and choice action sort of network of people. They aren't like Planned Parenthood because they don't have the subsidiary of them that provides actual abortion services and family planning. They're just political action. Gotcha. And and so, um, I mean, they do do things like clinic defense and stuff like that when it's Mm -hmm. needed, but they're not actual providers of any health care. Okay. I think that's sort of the difference. They... Um, and that actually gives them a little bit more political leeway yes. um, than than Planned Parenthood might have, right? Um, because they aren't all they don't have to follow Title Ten laws and you know all that stuff that that Planned Parenthood has to do in order to get some of their money. So, right. Right. Um, and recently they did a na- nationwide report card on choice, and they did each state individually as well as the nation as a whole. Okay. And as a whole, our nation is actually failing as well. Um, well, approaching failing. I think it's getting a D minus. Um, and Michigan is getting an F. Dope. Um, for choice. And I was surprised by that yes. myself. 
Um, I I didn't think we were getting an A by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but an F really surprised me. So I wanted I I thought it would be a good idea, and you actually yes. did too, um, to talk to Rebecca about why Michigan got an F, and what criteria are used to determine and make these grades, yes. um, and what we can do hopefully to raise our grade for the next time a report card comes around, right? So that we can understand or we can have a, a more um, choice friendly political arena. Gotcha. So that's what, what Mayroll Pro-Choice Michigan is. Um, and if you are actually want to look at, look at the report card yourself for mm-hmm. any state um, or for Michigan, you can go to um, www.nayral.org and um, it's at the, you, you'll, that'll bring you to the homepage and the, um, let's see what you click on want to make sure that um, I get you on the right thing. So when you open up the NARAL Pro-Choice America website, there's a side on the side, on the right side, there's say the nation grade remains a dismal D minus. Click here to see how your state rates. That's where you want to click. Um, and it'll bring up a, a, um, a list of choices. Then you'll have a map of the United States. You can click on whatever state you want. South Dakota. South Dakota has the same grade as Michigan does, <laughs> which we should not, you know, we should really be um, aware, aware of that. Of that. Yeah. We should really know that our grade is no better than South Dakota's where they yep. just recently banned abortion. Right. Um, I mean, we are a little better off in some ways. For example, 98% of South Dakota counties have no abortion provider whereas 83% of Michigan counties have no oh, abortion providers. So okay. we have a few more gotcha. um, providers available in Michigan for sure. Um, I mean, the other thing we want to keep in, when we talk about Michigan with that specific thing is that a large chunk of our population are located in four counties. True. Um, and all four of those counties have abortion providers. Gotcha. So of the, you know, what, 87 or 83 counties that Michigan has, um, you know, so much of our 9 million people is located in southeastern Michigan. All right, so now we're going to try again. Rebecca, right. welcome to Closets Are for Clothes. Well, thanks so much, Christy and Dan. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, Yay. we're glad you joined us. So I was just giving a really basic rundown of exactly what we're going to be talking about. Um, we talked about why... Well, this it was shocking to both of us that Michigan got a failing grade in this national report card on choice, um, and so we wanted to talk to you a little bit about why that is. What what gave Michigan this failing grade? Well, I think that it's a, it's a combination of things, but one of the most important is the, just the sheer volume of pieces of anti-choice legislation that get introduced in the Michigan legislature every year, and so we have consistently ended up pretty much at the bottom of, of, of all the states in the nation. And, and shocking as it may be, this year we actually moved up a bit. When I, when I uh, hired on at Mayroll in 1999, we were tied for dead last with Texas. Wow. Wow. This well, year we... we're, four, we're 44th. All right. Well, I, I, mean, I will say that that we had an anti-choice governor at that time, and that probably contributed. Yes, yes. To that, I mean, now we have a pro-choice governor, which I think, at least, I hope, makes a difference in our grade. That's right. I think it. I think it absolutely does, and I think a lot of what contributed to our our move up the ladder this year was the fact that she did, um, you know, with the, with the power of her veto pen, kept two pieces of horrible legislation from going into effect this session. So definitely it, it, it matters that we have a pro-choice governor sitting there in Lansing helping us out. And what were those two that um, were, do you remember what those two pieces of legislation were? Absolutely. The, um, the first one that she vetoed was um, a piece of legislation that they titled the Legal Birth Definition Act. And this bill, um, although they kind of talked about it, the folks that were moving it forward as a kind of so-called partial birth abortion or a late-term abortion ban, the way the language was written, our legal and medical experts said it would effectively ban abortion from about nine weeks in pregnancy. So even still in the first trimester, right. a really broad abortion ban. The governor vetoed it. Um, a couple of groups, Michigan Right to Life and the Michigan Catholic Conference, ran a petition initiative to bring it back to the legislature um, where they just then needed a simple majority and the governor couldn't veto it. Uh-oh. Uh, so they had to her veto. 
But when we took it to court, um, the uh, wonderful Denise Page Hood, wonderful federal court judge, said, nope, it's unconstitutional. It's too broad. It's too vague. It interferes in the first trimester. So, um, wow. so luckily, the, the governor's veto and then also the courts upheld uh, the points that she made in her veto message, which really was that it was unconstitutional the way the, the bill was written. Hmm. And the second bill that she vetoed was an expansion of Michigan's parental consent law, which is kind of how our minors have access to reproductive health care rights. And um, the folks on the other side of this issue wanted to make it even more difficult for minors to get access. And we're talking about that really small number of cases where, where teens just, for one reason or another, cannot talk to a parent before they make this decision. And maybe that's mm. because there's violence in the home or she's a victim of rape or incest. Um, and the, the restrictions they wanted to put on and, and really, like, made it very onerous for, for, you know, you're talking about teenage girls trying to figure out this very onerous court process. And the governor said, no, that it, just, it just makes it too hard, and she vetoed it. And, and luckily they didn't try to go around her veto. So, and, th- um, and that was the one that had something to do with GPA, was that correct? Or am I it, thinking it of actually, something else? Nope, that's exactly it. It had... Okay. Um, Basically, it kind of listed out a bunch of criteria that they wanted the judges to ask teens who came before them for the judicial bypass waiver for you know the parental consent. And, and what is and GPA? Grade point it, average. Grade point average. Okay, got it. Right. So it was all these strange subjective questions that we didn't even know. You know, as as folks lobbying on the bill, we didn't know. You know, it had things like, is she? What are her future plans? Is she going to college or is she going to trade school? And so the question is. You know, is she more mature and ready to make a decision about her reproductive health care if she's going to college? That's very subjective. Maybe she wants sure to be is. a carpenter and she's got a great, you know, life course right. plotted out to be in the building trades. Um, but also just asked a lot of really invasive personal questions about her sexual history and her contraceptive use and things that really are, you know, her own private business, not not the court's business. Right, the right. Life, so. right. And not really relevant as to whether she should be able to have an abortion right now. Exactly. Or not. Um, so, one of the um, you mentioned that Michigan just has a lot of legislation um, happening, but there's also some sort of uh, there are other um, anti-choice laws that not that are introduced, but actually exist on Michigan books. Um, what are some of those that we should be aware of? Well, I think some of the biggest ones, um, obviously, the parental consent law, which Im- impacts our minors. We have a ban on Medicaid funding, so that really disproportionately impacts our lowest-income residents. Um, so we, the state won't help you um, cover your abortion care if you're, you know, our lowest-income women. We have um, 24-hour waiting period requirements, so that um, if you're a woman who has already made the decision that you want to terminate a pregnancy, even if you have gone through, you know, whatever personal process you've gone through, and and if you've spoken with a you know, a clergy member, a family member, your your partner, you still have to get information from the state and then wait 24 hours before you can uh, access your health care. We so, have, so after you've already made the decision, you, you don't just wait 24 hours, you have to wait for them to mail you something and then 24 hours? They have made it a little bit easier because there is one place on the web um, that you can get the information from the state's um, Community Department uh, Department of Community Health website, but yeah, and I, I mean, from my personal perspective, it's one of the most insulting pieces of legislation. Mm-hmm. It really is, you know, and women who make decisions about pregnancy and about especially terminating a pregnancy, they don't do it in a frivolous manner. They right. don't do it without a lot of thought. And and to say that somehow, you know, little girl, you need 24 more hours to think about this before you can decide to terminate a pregnancy. It is, it's, it's pretty insulting, I think. But yeah, it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right to say, to sort of, I know this was an agonizing decision and you've probably been thinking about it for the last three weeks nonstop, but now that you've called the clinic and made the appointment, here's this information you have to read and you tell us if you really want to do it 24 hours from now, it's just ridiculous. And it's actually only been until recently that that information was potentially inaccurate. Um, is, is that correct? Like a lot of the state-created information was not necessarily um, accurate. It had overly large pictures 
and you know the fetus looked bigger than it actually was. It, I'm not making this up, right, Rebecca? <laughs> no, absolutely. We actually okay. spent six years in court before before the law, from when the law was passed in 1993 till it actually went into effect in 1999, because we. We fought, um, you know, there were so many pieces of misinformation that they wanted to put up there. Um, and, and like you said, there still there were problems with viewing online and the size, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely we, and it's, and it's biased. I mean, the information, um, the, way that, the way that it's out there, you know, if you are a person having uh, a really early abortion, you still have to look at fetal development pictures all the way up until nine months of pregnancy, even though that's wow. not where you are, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so they definitely try to make it, uh, you know, much more difficult. Definitely. Exactly. So, what are some other things that Michigan? Why did? Why else did we do we get the failing grade? Or I guess maybe another way is how could we improve our grade? <laughs> right. Well, um, a couple of the other things that help us uh, have the failing grade right now, we also have what they call gag clauses on state money. So if you get money, um, if you're an agency that gets money through the state um, you know, community health department, you can't counsel on abortion, refer a woman to an abortion provider, or actually um, obviously do abortion surgery with state money. We, we gag all of the state money. Um, but I think what what we're trying to do in the pro-choice movement here, um, and, and certainly working in coalition with all of the big groups that we work with, we're trying to really shift the discussion a little bit and talk about prevention. Because those folks on the other side of this issue, if they really, really want to do something to reduce the number of abortions in the state, instead of putting up barriers in the way mm-hmm. of women trying to you know access health care, we're saying come to the table and talk to us about things like, Real, honest sex ed. Mm-hmm. Let's give our young people the tools to make good decisions about their bodies and protect themselves not only from pregnancy but also from you know sexually transmitted diseases and infections. That's right. We're saying let's talk. Let's talk about real family planning. Let's let's put a little bit more money in the family planning budget so that our our lowest income and youngest you know residents have access to to family planning services and. And let's have contraceptive equity so that our insurance plans that cover everything from allergy pills to Viagra mm-hmm. will also cover women's birth control pills, and a lot of them right now don't. Right. Yep. Well, and that's what I've always, we've always talk, talked about on the show is where, yes, I can be able to have be very virile, but a woman can't protect right, herself. Right, but you can't have birth control. No. Right. You can have your piddly little copay on Viagra, but mm-hmm. you have to pay full price. Exactly. For that, not only, and actually, you don't have to just pay full price for um, birth control pills with a lot of insurance. I've also learned that you have to pay full price for prenatal vitamins, which is you're kidding. Wow. Uh, there's, you know, there's no insurance coverage for those and a lot of um, things. So, um, talking about prevention is certainly something that um, can happen at a larger scale. What can I, as an individual, do? What can Deanne as an individual do to hopefully improve Michigan's grade for next time around? Well, I think a couple of things are really important. One is those folks sitting in Lansing, taking the votes on these issues, need to hear from people in their districts how they feel about this issue. And and we actually hear back from both um, you know, both our friends on the pro-choice side that they don't get enough support because, you know, in Washtenaw County we have – you know, we have great elected officials, most of whom are pro-choice. Um, but every time they take a vote on choice, they might get a lot of calls or letters from folks on the other side telling them, you know, that they think that they're horrible people and that they did bad things uh, with mm-hmm. those votes. But so much support as we can give our elected officials, so they'll, they'll hold strong on choice. And for those folks who are voting wrong, I mean, they need to hear from us that, you know, that women in their districts, that men in their districts really do support women's reproductive freedom, women's, you know, right to decide their own destiny. And and the long-term view there is that if we have folks in Lansing that are not representing our views on this, we need to get active in elections and we need to vote them out. We need people sitting battle reproductive and sexual freedom, you know, up and down the line for what that means. Right. And one of the things that I like to remind folks, especially in Michigan, is to be careful about voting along party lines, because there are a great deal of anti-choice Democrats in Michigan that sit in the state Senate and sit in the state legislature. Um, 
and that that some folks, you know, I use my dad as a political example all the time. You know, he only votes Democratic and he always just votes party line. And unfortunately, where he lives, that works out good for all of us. Right. But if he lived 30 miles north, it would not necessarily be the same thing. Right. Um, so definitely finding out. Not just what somebody's party affiliation is, but what their view is on a particular issue. Um, because in addition to that, there may be a pro-choice Republican on the ballot as well. You never know. There may be. They, they, they there do exist. There are fewer nowadays. That's yeah. There are yeah. fewer, but they do exist. They do exist. I, um, I think the important thing for your listeners to remember, too, is that you know the way that the districts are drawn in Michigan, really about 85% of the elections get decided in the primary. Right. Oh. They're either so Democratic or they're so Republican mm-hmm. that whoever wins that election in August really is the eventual winner. And so in districts like that, it's important that, you know, we support pro-choice candidates getting out of their primaries, you know, like you're saying, Christy, either as Democrats or as Republicans if they're pro-choice and they're running, um, because in November, it's a very, very small number, only about 15 percent of the districts that are truly swing districts that could become you know, either party, depending on how people vote. It's a very small number. Right. Wow. So if somebody wanted to get involved with Mayoral or find out more information, um, where can they find that? Our website really is the best place. It's um, www.prochoicemichigan.org. Okay. And it's all spelled out. And we have, you know, we have a great online action center, so when things are happening, folks can you know, easily email or call if they prefer their legislators. We give them good, you know, talking points on, on action items that are happening. We have a calendar of events, so there are things, you know, when we have volunteer activities, when there are big lobby days in Lansing, um, all of that information is right there on our website. Right. And, and quickly to plug one big important thing coming up, we have on April 25th, along with, um, along with our, our fabulous coalition partners at Planned Parenthood, at the ACLU, at Michigan Now, we're um, having the second annual anniversary March for Choice in Lansing. So this is in honor of the big March for Women's Lives that we had in 2004 in Washington, D.C., where 1.15 million Americans marched on the Ooh, National Mall. I was one we... of them. You were. Woohoo! <laughs> I was too. It was wonderful. <laughs> So we're trying to just take the same message. You know, I mean, the goal for the goal for that march was to let our president and our members of Congress know that that there are a majority of Americans that support reproductive freedom, and we hope that they would get that mm-hmm. message. And and the goal in Michigan is the same: to make sure that that our governor and our state elected officials know that there are a huge group of people in Michigan who care about these issues and are willing to come and give up part of their day to to send that message. So. Um, April 25th, mark the date. And, of course, on our website you can find information, and on a lot of our coalition partners you can as well. So we'd love to have anyone who's willing to rally for choice in Lansing on April 25th. All right. Well, on that website, again, is prochoicemichigan.org. And, Rebecca, we really, really want to thank you for joining us on our show um, and tolerating our wee bit of technical difficulty. <laughs> we really appreciate that. And if there's anything that closets can do for Mayroll in the future, we are huge supporters of your organization um we've all all of the co-hosts have some tie to the choice movement personally and professionally so please if there's anything that we can do by all means let us know we're happy to help you with any sort of you know publicity whatever we can do it um and again thank you very very much for joining us on the show tonight well, thank you so much for having me, and maybe next year we'll have better news to report. That's right. That's we'll have right. a better report card. Exactly. We're grounded yeah. until then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rebecca, you have a good Thanks night. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye-bye. And we're going to take a quick break um, because we have someone from the University of Michigan to talk about some events that are going to be happening. Woo-hoo.
We're just past the halfway point, and it's uh, Wednesday, the 23rd of March. 22nd. 22nd. I keep doing that. It's okay. And uh, you're listening to Closets Over Closing, WCBN FM 88.3. That's right. Yay. So we have a special guest. We have um, Gabe Heavier. Did I say that right? Heavier. 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 That works. Heavier. Okay. Um, uh, From the University of Michigan, a lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender affairs office. And um, I hear there's some, uh, some neat things that are coming up this month. You know, there are a couple things going on. You know, um, us in the LGBT community, we're already so uppity, so there's something going on. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I know, right? <laughs> um, so on April 4th, which is, I believe, a Tuesday, okay, we will be hosting the opening reception for an, a traveling photo exhibit gallery called Love Makes a Family. Isn't that so, sweet? Yeah, that's great. Now, so what? So why is this a, a, a traveling photography exhibit? Sure. So Love Makes a Family is um, part of the Family Diversity Projects, and it's a set of 30 photographs that profile um, LGBT people and their families. Okay. Um, and it's going to be a traveling exhibit. It's going to start here at U of M, and then it's going to travel to um, like Grand Valley and some other places. It'll end up in the Downtown Public Library in Detroit before mm. it goes to um, Lansing okay. for um, Family Lobby Day. Okay. So really... The it's all sponsored by Triangle Foundation, okay, which is a political action organization and based out of Detroit. Yeah, we've had them many times on the air. Right, yes. right. Uh-huh. Good group of people, and um, really, it's uh, it celebrates April, which is the the month of the small child. Oh, so really, the statement is saying you know families um, come in different forms. Yeah, and the really cool thing about it is that while it's a thirty photo exhibit, 25 of them will come from different places, but five of them will actually feature University of Michigan community members. Oh, wow. So they're going to be from our actual community. Right. Yeah, I'm going to let folks know Gabe has the same cold that Christy has, so... Yeah. He, <laughs> so he may excuse good. himself to cough That's right. <laughs> My SARS has bread flu, so excuse me. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, so there's so five of them are from the University of Michigan family, which is really right. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And, and go th- ahead. And so the reception will be Tuesday, April fourth, at six thirty to eight o'clock in the Michigan room of the Michigan League. And where's the exhibit actually going to be here on campus? The exhibit will be shown in the Union outside okay. of Amir's on the first floor. And it'll be there on the 5th to the 7th. The 5th to the 7th. Mm-hmm. So it's only a few days. So the reception's that evening, and then it's a few days after that. Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, and then I think there's another traveling exhibit that's our tra- traveling show, I should say. That's, that's right. And this one has a much different feel to it. It's called <laughs> the Tranny Roadshow. Okay. Which, um, you know, could fit under the umbrella of Love Makes a Family. But True. It's True. completely separate. Um, and the Tranny Roadshow is a group, uh, a troupe of performers, most of them youth, all of them a transgender identified. Okay. Who will be um, coming to do a show um, about education and activism in the trans community. Oh, okay. And that will be on April 5th. On April 5th. Oh, as well. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Okay. It's a big week. That so. is. Exactly. Man. <laughs> And um, at, this is coming off of the best best uh, week ever. It is. The best week ever is over. We're still having a pretty good week, though. Yes, exactly. Um, we'll try to keep up the energy. Great. Um, so, those, so April 4th to the 7th, really, there's going to be a lot of um, really diverse, awesome events going on. So now where is the Tranny Roadshow actually going to be taking place? The Tranny Roadshow will actually be in the same place as the reception for the gala, for the gallery. Oh, okay. So it'll be in the Michigan room of the Michigan League on the second floor. But on the next day. Correct. Okay. And so is this is, is this like a, um, <coughs> a, like a large... Um, like a, like is it like a couple hour show or is it like a shorter sh- the kind of review? It'll be about an hour and a half. Um, okay, and then they'll do a talk back afterwards. And okay, it's mostly youth and they're transgender identified. Okay, and um, let's see what else they do mixed media things. So they'll show clips and poetry and a lot of other stuff. Okay. Um, so it should be pretty exciting. And are these folks from the area, or like whereabouts are they? They're, they're not. They're actually from all over the country. Oh, okay. And they're, they're on tour right now. So, um, and these are folks that they do you know like how they become a part of the roadshow or you know we don't know how they how they get hooked up with this performance troupe. I know that one of the performers whose name is Imani Henry, we actually had last year perform um, on on by themselves. So okay, we've had some of them here before. Um, what's really cool is the the neutral zone, which okay. is um, a center for youth here in Ann Arbor. We'll okay. be uh, getting involved with that. Oh, terrific! Mm-hmm. They'll wow. be bringing people and. Um, 
So it should be an exciting event. Yeah, definitely. Wow. And so, so the um, the Love Makes a Family reception is on the fourth Tuesday, the fourth, mm-hmm. and then the Tranny Roadshow um, is also go- is going to be on the fifth. Correct. But both in the Michigan room of the Michigan Union. Right, second right. floor. Second mm-hmm. floor. Okay. What else is going on on campus? <coughs> Excuse me. You know, so it's the end of the year, and there's a lot of commencement stuff going on, and and uh, there is there is a special commencement ceremony for LGBT identified people on campus who are who are graduating. It's called Lavender Graduation. Okay. And it'll be on the 27th of April. Okay. Um, and if you go to our website, it'll give you more information about how to sign up and, and be involved in that ceremony. And it's, go ahead. Ahead. it's really akin to La Black Celebratory and La Celebracion um, for those communities, and ours is called Lavender Graduation. Great. And I heard that it was like, like there's like 300 people that attend this thing. So it's mm-hmm. quite a large event. It's big. It's impressive. It's fabulous. It's all those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're speaking about the website. What is the website for the office? The office website is umich.edu backslash tilde, which is the squiggly, LGBTA. Gotcha. Okay. For lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender right. affairs. Mm-hmm. And if you want more information about the Tranny Roadshow, I found their website. Oh, fantastic. It's www.trannyroadshow.org. But Tranny is spelled, I spelled it incorrectly. It's oh. T-R-A-N-N-Y Roadshow. I said I-E. Ah. So it's um, T-R-A-N-N-Y-R-O-A-D-S-H-O-W.org. Um, and they have the whole, in all kinds of information about the show, as well as an uh list of performers and links oh. to their websites. So you can Fantastic. check out all kinds of information about that. Do they say anything about us, U of M? Like their, they, their performance on the 5th? Let's see. Dun, I didn't dun, look dun. at the schedule. Yes, Ann Arbor, Michigan on Wednesday, <coughs> April 5th. Great. That's and what right time? There. By the way, do you know what time that will be? Kate? It'll be at 7 o'clock. Seven, right after our show. That's right. right. We so could just go. You could listen to the show and then go check out the Tranny Road Show. Because we're right. right next door to the Union. We are. We could, like, walk we over there. We could go there. We could walk over there. <laughs> but it's in the league. It's in the league. Oh, it's in the league. Oh, it's in the league. So, so, league. Why you want to the thwarted my plan. I know, right? <laughs> I'm such a rain cloud. But um, you should come anyway because it's going to be a great show. Oh, so yeah. Really okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Give the poor guy a hard time. Um, and so, what else is going on? So, we got lavender graduation um, later this later in April, right? Um, and then those two events at the beginning of April. Isn't that enough? I mean, I'm really well, tired, you guys are so. always yeah, really exactly. <laughs> well, you must be tired with after having the best week ever, right? Um, you know, and and so we'll be doing. Um, there's also the Lambda Grads, which is a student organization on campus. We'll okay. be hosting um, the first Gay Field Day. Oh, now what's this? Um, you know, I don't know a whole lot about it besides it's a gay field day, so I can only imagine yes. the type of things that they'll be having us do. But right. um, So they're seeking teams for that, okay. and then um, people sign up as teams, and then they, we're going to go to a park and just sort of Oh, so it's kind of like year. a field. See, now I'm too academic because I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm thinking like field outreach, you know, like <coughs> going to do your field work when no, you're I'm, in I'm talking more of a work. three-legged race and the, yeah. tank talk, water balloon fight field day. <laughs> exactly. Excellent. So lots of fun. Yeah, oh, my gosh. It should gosh. be a good time. So if we can get people to go out there and sort of celebrate the end of the year, hopefully tease the sun of hiding out of hiding. That'd be That's great, right. So. Exactly. Yes. Especially if the balloon pops and you can dry off with that nice... Instead of Hot freezing. Right? Exactly, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So fantastic. Well, Gabe, thank you so much. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. And you're welcome anytime to um, you know join us and uh, tell us what different events that are happening at Michigan. Great. And I encourage everyone to come to the website and check what's going on. Uh, there's lots of exciting things going on in April. Yes, there certainly All are. All right. There sure are. Well, Gabe, it was very nice to meet you. Thanks for joining us. I hope you feel better. Oh, thank yeah. you very much. You, you too as well. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Let's disinfect this mic. I appreciate that. <laughs> Terrific. Nah, mic's like a toilet seat. Nothing can live there. <laughs> really? No. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, well, I don't, yeah, maybe not toilet seat, but I think this mic's every once in a while. Um, Need a little, little ha- spray. A little cleaning. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, but speaking of uh, wonderful uh, evenings, um, the Anna Film Festival is happening right yes, now. Yes, it started yesterday. Dun, dun, dun. And um, tonight, Wednesday night, on March 22nd, at 8 o'clock, eight, actually 8 and 10 o'clock, um, there is going to be a... Um, out night at the Ann Arbor Film Festival. As usual. Definitely. They always have an out night. That's right. And they're, in fact, going to have, um, at eight, the 8 o'clock show, I guess it's uh, Proteus by John uh, Grayson. Um, 
And the director, John Gray, said will actually be on hand to actually talk about the uh, movie. So that should be pretty interesting. That's very cool. Um, and then at 10 o'clock, there's, there's uh, I guess, three short uh, films. Um, Hello, Thanks by Andrew Bluebaugh. Uh, do you, um, the other one is Do You Take It by Kirby Ferguson. Um, and then the other one is Made in Secret, the story of the East Van Porn Collective uh, by One Tiny Whale. So wow. it's very interesting. So, um, uh, and then of course there's the after show glow, um, at the, um, out bar afterwards, but, um, of course there's an after show glow. <laughs> I have an after show glow every Wednesday at seven fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, definitely support your local Ann Arbor film festival, um, and supporting these, uh, um, I don't know if they're gay topical or just, uh, gay films. Right. I mean, topical. See, I, uh, there's a difference to me uh, between a gay film and a gay topical film. And what is that difference? Well, the gay topical is actually like the, the storyline is about gay life where then um, there's other films where are they have gay actors or people involved right. or like producers, directors, uh, writers that... Um, what about the movie that just appeals to gay people and not necessarily has any of those things? Like a camp film, like... For example, The Wizard of Oz, which does have some gays in it. Don't get me wrong. I know that it does. <laughs> no, and it has can't that be. fabulous song about that Toto, the I sissy song, right? Right. But, but it also, I mean, that's not its primary gay appeal. That's right. Exactly. Yes. Um, so I also lump those into that second category. like Of just a gay film. It's just a gay movie. It's not necessarily <laughs> about gay stuff. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's just even though it, it may be very if campy. If you're gay, you'll probably like it. Yeah. Or the people who made it were gay or whatever. Right. Yeah. It had that appeal, that's for sure. Yeah. Right. It had that appeal, so. the interest. Well, you know, I've been looking at some news. Because, you know, we try to do a little news yes, here at the end of the show do. every day. There's not a lot to talk about on my brief perusing. Yes. Uh-huh. So I'm looking at your stack of papers and I'm thinking, you probably got something to talk about. I do have a few things, but I need to let you know, I did not quite do the highlighting I normally do, so I'm going to be a little rusty here. But um, in Reuters, I guess that's how you say it, um, in New- about New York, the, um, a man was, let's see, uh, the man in charge of the man- a Manhattan St. Patrick's uh, Parade um, had fueled a controversy by, say- by saying allowing a gay group to join Friday's March, which is um, March 17th, your birthday, um, would be Maybe. like would be like permitting neo-Nazis to participate in the in an Israeli parade. Um, if it, what? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what he said. Um, in an interview uh, with the Irish, uh, excuse me, with the Irish Times, Parade Committee Chairman John D- Dunleavy defended the organizers' decision to bar the Irish Lesbian and, and Gay Organization, also known as the ILGO, uh, from participating in the biggest St. Patrick's Day party in the world. It is an Israeli gr- if an Israeli group wants to march in New York, do you allow neo-Nazis into the parade? If African Americans are marching in Harlem, do you have to, do you have to let Ku Klux Klan um, into the parade? Dunleavy was quoted as saying. People have rights. If we let the ILGO in, is it the Irish pro- um is it the Irish Prostitute Association next? He said. The Roman Catholic organizers of the New York event have long refused to let gays and lesbians march as a group because of the church beliefs believes homosexuality is wrong. In 1995, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that organizers of a of a St. Patrick's Day parade in Boston had the constitutional free speech right to exclude gays and lesbians. Gay couple Vincent Frado, a 45-year-old photographer of Spanish and American Indian descent, and Jean, uh, Jean Charles David, a 31-year-old massage therapist from France, came to the parade in sweatshirts with the logo me, <laughs> with the logo Men in Kilts, New York. I don't know what that meant. But anyway, um, in the Irish community here, there's a lot of firefighters and police officers, and traditionally it's not a very gay-friendly crowd. But that's changing, David said, sporting a red tartan uh, kilt that he made himself. Frodo <laughs> Of course, <laughs> of course he, he did. did. Um, Frodo said Dunlavey's comments did not reflect the views of, of most New Yorkers. Hello. Um, it's a very liberal city, and outside of the parade organizers, everyone is welcome. Well, you know what I say to that? 
is I just think the gays should just do what we always do is we have our own parade and make it much more fabulous. You know, if they're just, if they're not going to let me in, then I'm not going to fight to get in. Right. You know, well, but I do understand. I mean, I do understand the situation where, you know, you need to, it's a way of challenging people's thoughts or, or, and, and being more inclusive than exclusive. Right. Um, because you can be Irish. And I guess it brings awareness that, you know, you can be Irish and you can be gay. You know, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> you know, but it's just, it's just, um, and so I understand why they're trying to push it and why it's an issue every single year. Um, but at the same time, then you know what? I would just start pulling the you know parade toward uh, Christopher Street and having a much right. more fabulous do your, parade. Do a gay St. Patrick's Day parade. Yeah. I mean, totally. we already have our own Halloween uh, gift. Although together. I will say that you want to be careful about that. Like, the whole honoring of St. Patrick is because he supposedly drove the snakes out of Ireland. And, you know, you need to know there never were any snakes in Ireland. What they were actually talking about were the, like, were the pagans and the he, the non-Christians. Right. So it's sort of a, a like, it's all about some hate. Like you gotta, yeah, that's you true. Gotta, I never even thought about that. you really kind of aware of that. I mean, now it's evolved into a big party, and it's totally a different thing. And I definitely think that things and attitudes and ideas can change but the original thing the original reason it's a it's a saint's day and why it's important is because of that because right because you of know the, the, the non-christians were driven out of ireland by saint patrick uh-huh. so i mean that is something to to keep in mind but i agree with you we should have our own like but that's a good point i mean queer party so then i, I mean okay so I guess I mean, would they allow Irish pagans into the party? I mean, that would be very right. interesting. That's another question. I would, I would be, I'd be interested to find out if they ever did that, or right. have um, have the druids of the, right. is it not Nordic, but the uh, Celtic clan come right. in and, right. and see if they'll let them in. That would be a very interesting. I would be very curious to see exactly. But I also hear that uh, in uh, Ireland they really don't celebrate March seventeenth, St. Patrick's it's Day. Not, it's an Americanization. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. Just like my next story. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> so, um, certainly, um, so the question is, what will people in Ireland be eating on St. Patrick's Day? Certainly, many restaurants in Ireland will serve corned beef and cabbage on March 17th, but most of them will do so just to please the tourists. <laughs> <laughs> the, truth, the truth is, most people nowadays um, see corned beef as something that is heavily processed and comes out of a can. These are people in the Irish people, yes. Historically, beef ha- was a delicacy enjoyed only by Ireland's wealthy. Cattle were originally kept for their milk and sheep for their wool. This left old hens and pigs as uh, the more likely contenders for the plot. Or, excuse me, for the pot. <laughs> when the Irish immigrated to, to America and Canada... Uh, where both salt and meat were cheaper, they treated beef the same way they would would have treated pork or bacon at home in Ireland. They soaked it uh, to dra- draw off all the excess salt, then braised it uh, with cabbage. From here, the many versions of corned beef and cabbage that exist today have evolved. So what will people in Ireland be eating on St. Patrick's Day? Most... Most will start with a good old Irish breakfast, fried rashers of bacon. Now, I don't know what rashers means, but fried rashers of bacon, fried sausages, fried black pudding, um, which I don't know what that is either. It's, I think it's made from, it's like, it's not a sweet. It's ah. made from animal parts. Oh, okay. Fried tomato and a fried egg. Um, a heart attack on a plate. It otherwise. is, exactly. In fact, I even checked out the calories kind of thing for that for that particular one. It is just alone 1,300 calories just for that little breakfast right there. Well, not there. to mention the fat grams. Like, the calories could be irrelevant. Right. You know, a lot of, like... Well, fried this, fried that, yes. And a fried... Yeah, hello. It depends on how it's fried, you know, but... Oh, uh, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. But... Have an Ulster fry. Oh, wait a minute. You can always go one step further and have an Ulster fry. Okay, that, I, okay I don't understand what that is. But yes, um, and so it was, was. So I just wanted to kind of point out that. Oh, and they also have more like an Irish stew, um, which which is what most like <coughs> many restaurants and homes actually have, where it's just basically a broth with various things in there. Um, I'm trying to get to that part part where it's just basically potatoes and veggies. And um, beef. Or and beef, right. Yeah. Exactly, which is much more, um, 
uh, much more wholesome or right. um, fulfilling, if you will. Right, and in uh, tune to, to what's... Uh, yeah. Corned beef is a little gross, in my opinion. So <laughs> I support the Irish and not eating it. Um, and I agree so. with them. It's very processed. It's over-processed and, and you know... Right. Yeah. yeah it is. Well, because what it is. That's what it is. Processed yeah. beef. Right. So, yes. So... Um, just want to let you know. So that's yeah, you know. Thank next you for Saint bringing Patrick's that Day. to our attention. Yes, really appreciate it. And thanks, thank you for joining us on another edition of Closets Are for Clothes. We'll be back next week, um, and we're gonna have some live music next week. Woohoo! Which should be very fun. Exactly. Thanks for tuning into Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500. That's 763-3500. Or you can write us here at the station at 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. Or... At our Ipsy office, you can reach us at P.O. Box 980070, Ypsilanti, Michigan 48198. The views and opinions expressed on Closets Are For Clothes are solely those of their speakers and are not the opinions of WCBN or our licensees, the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns, I'm Christy Cardinal. See you at the same time, same place next